Welcome everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you. King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs 4, he wrote, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. This can be a little more for you, but just dig in. I can do it. I think I, ah! <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that worked good. It's all your fault. Yeah. Well, here, let me, let me get to you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Don't tell me I didn't dig my toe in enough. That's right. But I did. It shouldn't have happened. Well, apparently not. You wouldn't be sitting down right now. No, <laughs> I dug my toe in just the way you said. You get it okay? I can do it. There. Okay. I did it myself. You did it yourself, yeah. Okay, look, you gotta go up to this spot. Just dig in really hard. I did before. Got to dig in. I am digging in. <laughs> Whoa, okay, okay. I was digging in back when I fell down. Yeah, like I told you, that's why you fell. You weren't digging in. <laughs> I was, I was doing it exactly the way you said. Had you allowed me to help you? <laughs> I didn't need help. I got up all yeah. by myself. You did, but why'd you have to fall? No need falling. Just, just saying, just saying. You are a stubborn lady, aren't you? <laughs> My husband would not argue with that. <laughs> but, okay, I, I like to be independent. I don't like asking for help, which is, I think, a virtue. Although I suppose under certain circumstances it might be a fault. <laughs> yeah. Just not here. <laughs> just might be. That's true, that's true. But. You know, in the, in the Christian realm, it probably is a, a negative a lot of times because we think we can do it all on our own, right? Yeah, I have to admit you're right there because I know there are times where I've had a problem or I've recognized an issue in my life. Yeah, See? I don't, don't want to. See, I caught myself. Yeah. You didn't need help. Um, and finally, I've gotten to the point where I can't kick this certain habit or whatever. And I realized that, you know, pretty much when I'm faced with chocolate cake, I have no self-control. I don't know that many people would consider that a, a real problem, but uh, no, you know, it, it's true. You think about so many, including myself many times, I want to lift myself up. I can yeah. do this myself. God, okay, you said it in the Bible, I'll go do it. Yeah. Really doesn't work that way, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I've unfortunately found that out many times. It doesn't work well some of the time. Yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of like you and Snowshoe in here once in a while. You take a little more direction. But there are parts of it I was doing very well. Thank you. Were. You. you were. Well, we better get up to the uh, up to the campsite. Yeah, you promised there was not any snow on the other side. Uh, yeah, I did promise I'm that, I? am waiting to see if you're right about that. 
Now that's pretty steep, so remember, just keep digging in with your toes. I'm digging. Oh, the last of the snow. Good thing, because I was so ready to take these off. Yeah, I, I'm really happy that everybody got the camp set up for us, too. Oh, we stayed away long enough. Yeah. Now we just got to get a little bit of wood for the fire. And sit. And sit. Let me sit. All right, on the way here, about the third or fourth time that I fell, and uh, insisted on getting up by myself. I did, if you caught it, I grudgingly admitted that sometimes my wanting to do it my way isn't always the best way. Was that a, was that a, no, that is a as little close bit as you apology? will ever get to an apology <laughs> for my attitude. Just, just checking. But it reminded me, we have evidence of that in the Bible. There, I can actually think of several, but one that comes to mind of someone who do it my way was Saul on more than one occasion. But do you remember the time when he had been told to wait for Samuel? Yeah. Uh... Well, he had, even before that, he had been told exactly to destroy everything yep. in the, yeah. the city that he was trying to, that they were taking. And he had a better idea. It was, hey, I can improve on God's plan. And so he didn't destroy everything. He thought, no. We'll keep all the best for a sacrifice to God. Somehow thinking that by disobeying God's orders, he was going to end up making God happy. Yeah, here, yeah here's the text, amazing text. Uh, I would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was, he said that was good. I kept everything that was good. What he didn't keep was the vile, the refuse. There was no good anyway. That's what he kept. That was his idea and his plan. But Samuel, when he got there, corrected him right away. It's amazing, you know, um, let's see. Um, and Samuel came to Saul and, and Saul said, Blessed be thou the Lord, I have performed thy commandment of the Lord. He was so blind, he didn't even recognize that he had not followed what God had said to do. Because in his mind, I think it was like, but I'm helping God, I'm doing it better. And I... There's a verse in the Bible that talks about running before the Lord. And too often I know I do that. It's like God will give me an idea and then I run with it and it doesn't end up as well. I end up tripping or falling like I did yeah. on the snowfield, yeah. even though I think I'm doing it right. Because I swear I was digging my toes in doing everything you told me to do. And yet I ended up sliding halfway back down the hill. Just, just for the record, you weren't quite doing everything, or you wouldn't have fallen down the hill. But that's. But it seemed like I was. Great. Yeah, and that's. What, I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. I thought I was doing everything the way you said to do it. And that's what Saul kind of thought too. I still you think know. you left a step out. <laughs> you know, it, it's not, and and this is not reflecting on what you did. We're having fun here and and talking about it. But, but with Saul, you know, Samuel had said, "Hey, you wait until I come back, and then I'll do sacrifice to God." Saul said, I can't wait. You know, Samuel goes away and Saul sacrifices to God. He was not his position. He was not the high priest. There was not anything to do with him. But he began thinking in his own mind, I can do just as good a job as God's high priest. Right. And it, and it didn't make sense to him to, to wait. They'd already been waiting for Saul. Yeah. The men were getting impatient and he thought, 
we can do this. I can handle this. Yeah, and the end result, unfortunately, is it turned out very bad for Saul. He ended up losing his own life. You don't follow God and things aren't going to turn out well. But uh, hey, let's go get some firewood for yes, the fire. Yes, I, I was thinking show it was you, time for a campfire. There's a, there's a tremendous location. I want to show you out here. The views are incredible. Sure, if I can get up. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that view. Did that I, is great. Did I tell you? That did was I worth walking out here for. But on the way here, I thought of another story because we were talking about Saul and how he had this great idea and he could do it by himself. There was another classic example and that was after Jericho. Do you remember what they did? What the children of Israel did? Uh, yeah, that was the city of AI. AI, not AI as in artificial intelligence, true, but true. the town of AI. They had just conquered Jericho, but the problem was they forgot that they hadn't conquered it. All they had done with Jericho is, you know, walk around and then yell and watch what God did. But they got it in their heads somehow that they had taken Jericho and a little while later, they see this little town beyond Jericho, and they go, no sweat. But that was by direction of, of uh, their leader, Red Joshua. Joshua says, go out and, and check out this place. Spy out over there and see, you know, the city of Ai. And, so they, and they said, ah, it's tiny compared to Jericho. It's nothing, you know. We can do that in the morning. Because they forgot who had really been working for them. That's the key. They'd absolutely they thought they could do it themselves. And the thing is, God had just told them with Jericho, look, how, how on earth are you going to take Jericho without me? They couldn't. They, they're supposed to learn that lesson. God wiped out an entire monster city, a huge city, walls that were massive. But yet they thought, oh yeah, you know, look, with 3,000 men, I mean, that sounds like a lot to you and me right now, but just 3,000 men, we can go take that city. Right. They didn't even think they needed their full army. Yeah, monster army, really, they the whole take, nation. They could take AI with one arm tied behind their backs. Yeah, yeah. So they head out with 3,000 men. Yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, it didn't turn out so well for them. Their, no. their great plan didn't turn out so well because yeah. they hadn't taken God with them. That was the key. They were doing it themselves. Yeah, and, and of course, we've, we've uh, talked about that already a little bit today. Uh, it's so easy to do in the Bible. There's so many times. We could probably spend hours talking about the different situations of God's people. God's people saying, yeah, I can do it myself. It's so easy to slip into that mold. You know, God gives you victory one time, and the rest of the times I can just sail through. Prayer? Eh, I don't need to pray today. <laughs> I did it yesterday. Yeah, I did it yesterday. <laughs> I'm covered, right? I'm covered. And... I don't think that we are any smarter than the children of Israel were. There are so many times I've read stories like AI and thought, you idiots, you know, you, you just ran off to do that on your own. God didn't tell you, go take AI and I'll be with you. They were just all pumped up with their own abilities, forgot who it was that really took Jericho. Yeah. And, and I think, why were they so, so senseless, except that then, in maybe smaller ways. I don't know that I've ever tried to sack an entire town, uh, but I'm constantly doing that in my own life. You know, I see a little problem or something and I think, oh, no sweat, I can handle that. And 
I don't go and ask God, first of all, should I be doing this? Second of all, how would you like me? You don't ask God, should I be doing this? Because you're scared of the answer sometimes. I am. Or I'm just overconfident because I'm so certain I have a brilliant idea. Why would God yeah. object? You yeah. know, God is going to look at me and go, oh, she's brilliant. You know, I, sh I should let her have her own way more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we did with snowshoeing, right? Just, just Are you going to keep bringing that up? Probably. <laughs> let, me, let me share one with you. I was thinking of it is in Joshua 23. God speaking, one man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord your God. It's he that fighteth for you. As he's promised you, who does the fighting for us? God. God does the fighting for us. And so many times, you know, I get in a situation where I just want to fight it on my own. All these things that come up in my life, I want to do battle with the devil on my own. And how many times am I going to win against the devil? Uh, zero? Yeah, zero. Yeah, zero. But why is it that I so often have exhausted all of my resources before I think to turn to God? It's like he's my last resort yeah, instead yeah. of being the first one. We can't make God our last resort. No. <laughs>
Well, we were talking about people who ran before the Lord who wanted to do it their way. Are you saying that Hezekiah was the opposite? Well, it seems to me he did it God's way, at least in the beginning. There was a couple foibles as we all have hiccups. humanity does, yeah. But yeah, he, he did a tremendous job. So which incident are you thinking about? Well, I was thinking about when, when all the kings said, we're going to come, we're going to take you out, we're going to wipe you out completely. And uh, they wrote him a letter. He was surrounded. Was that Sennacherib? Yeah, Sennacherib. Sennacherib, love that name. Uh, he got a letter unlike any that we're ever likely to get because I'm not important enough to get threatening letters. Uh, (laughs) But he got one that didn't it basically say, look at everybody else that we've wiped out. You know, their gods didn't save them. What makes you think you're any different? You know, pretty much just get ready. You might as well roll over and just play dead and let us come on in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how would that make you feel? (laughs) I probably would have curled up in a little ball on the floor and been crying but I don't think that was his reaction. Yeah, no, really it wasn't. You know, rather than I can do it myself, he ran to the sanctuary. He unfurled that whole letter out to God. He said, God, these guys are trying to kill us. These guys are trying to spit in your face, God. Yeah, you got a man, got him. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the mosquitoes. Nature. <laughs> but but uh, you know, he just laid the whole letter out to God and said, here it is. What are you going to do about it, God? You know, I think I mentioned yesterday that Sometimes God is our last resort. It's only after I've exhausted myself, exhausted all of my resources. But Hezekiah, you're right. It said he got the letter and he got up and went to the temple. I, I gotta tell you, there are so many times when I catch myself, okay, let's see, I'll try this, I'll try this, I'll try that. Oh, and then I'll pray. Uh huh. We do it backwards, don't we? Absolutely backwards. Hezekiah had it together. He laid it out to God, and God answered his prayer in a mighty way. So did it work? Well, you know, let's see if I can find that. Um, here's, I wanted to read this to you. It says, Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God. It's interesting, too, because it says, I want to give glory to you. It's not about me. It's about you and your glory and your honor. And God answered the prayer and he wiped them all out. He wiped out all the enemy. (laughs) And they hardly had to lift a finger. They really didn't. Just like Jericho, where their part was minimal. God did it. So many times you find throughout the Bible, if we rely on God, God totally takes care of it. He says, I will fight for you. Matter of fact, remember children of Israel. It says, fear not. I am with you. Fear not. If you went through the Bible and you found all those fear not times, there's a lot of them. Well, that's because we tend to get afraid. <laughs> the children of yeah. Israel were a, a lot like me, or I'm a lot like them because they came first. Yeah. But there's still plenty of fear, my yeah. first reaction, and then it's God take this. It really is. It really. Is. You know, I'm going to take just a momentary break here, but I want to share a story with you about another fellow in our time that really allowed God to work in his life. I love your stories. (laughs) I told you I was gonna share an amazing story with you, but I can't do it with one hand, so would you hold my Bible? Oh, you have to talk with both hands. I gotta talk with both hands, yeah, yeah. This is basically, it's a story of Akimatu. Now, Akimatu lived in uh, Pacific, or Pacific, P&G, you know, Papua New Guinea. Okay. And basically, Akimatu was a young man, about 14 years old, he lived with a warring tribe. I mean, it was a pretty nasty tribe. 
one day he showed up to a school. Nobody knew why. Nobody had reached out to this tribe and, and they weren't the type of people you know that went out and studied or did anything like this. But they signed him up. Every day he sat in, in Bill's class, the, the uh, professor sat clear in the back, never said a word, nobody said a word to him. They were a little nervous about him, you know. And, and uh, they were afraid of him? They were afraid of him because of, because of the tribe that he'd come from. And in New Guinea, you know, there can be some pretty nasty <laughs> people. Well, things went on and progressed and, and uh, nobody said much, but a quarter of the year has gone through. He never says a word. One day, Bill asked a, a question and he answered it. Now, the student, one of the students up front just thought that was the dumbest answer, just the craziest thing. And he starts razzing, you know, as young people do. Yes, Teen I, I work at a school. There you go, I know young, what you mean. young teenagers. And man, they started just razzing and razzing and razzing. And it just got so bad. Little Akimatu, his four foot pygmy frame stood up on top of those desks. He started running across all those desks. And he's got his little tribal gowns on and he pulls out a big old knife and he's gonna decapitate this kid. He gets almost to him, he's just ready to take him down. And all the classroom jumps on him, wrestles the knife away from him. Now, any place else, well, you know, you probably go to jail or whatever, but no, they just stayed away from Akimatu. They, they really treated him with kid gloves now. They didn't want to get anywhere near him, but they never said much. Akimatu didn't say much more after that. And he kept coming to class? Kept coming to class. It's like he, as a matter of fact, it seemed like he started enjoying class a little bit. Well, toward, toward the end of the season, the, the professor, Bill, he, he noticed that it seemed like there were some changes in him. He could kind of see, you know, that, yeah, things are getting a little bit better here. What's going on? And uh, he kept instructing and instructing, and finally Akimatu would answer a few more questions. The classroom never dared say another word, no matter what the answers were like, you know. And he, uh, anyway, he... Uh, continued on in class and everything seemed fine. Now, at the end of school season every year, uh, Professor Bill would go out someplace in the mountains and he'd do evangelistic meetings. He'd hold a little meeting with some tribe. He found out that this one tribe he was going to, basically they were, well, in a situation that, uh, uh, <laughs> what can I say? They didn't speak any of the languages that he knew or any of the translators that he had. It was a, a variety of pidgin English that nobody knew. He discovers when he gets back to the school that Akimatu knew that language. But he didn't want to ask Akimatu anything at all because he's scared of him too. But he's thinking, well, I don't know. And finally, the Holy Spirit keeps getting to him, working at him, working at him. And uh, Bill finally thinks, okay, I'll listen to the Spirit and I'll go ahead and do what the Spirit says. I'll ask him. He asked him. Akimatu was just excited about it. He said, yes, I'll do it. Okay, cool. So. In the school year, they take off up in the mountains, hike and hike and hike and get to this tribe way back in there. And this tribe is very happy to see them. They give them the place of honor to sleep that night. They arrive there pretty late. They give them the place to sleep. It's right in the pig house. Yeah, P-I-G, <laughs> pig house, you got it. Where they keep all the pigs. That was the place of honor. That was the place of honor, real honor, with all the pigs, because they're they're precious, they're important. So they they, climb in there and Akimatu, he's just right in there, he's sound asleep. He's, he's having a good old time. Bill, to show honor, he, he kind of gets in there, but he got his head out. You know, he, he got to get his head out there so he can get a breath of fresh air once in a while. 
in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, you Seventh-day come a quick house, you Seventh-day come a quick house. Well, Bill happened to be Seventh-day Adventist, and the translation was, you Seventh-day Adventist, you're needed at the witch doctor's house right now. They get up, they run through the jungle, they get to this little hut. Bill peeks in, here's the whole crowd, and everybody, basically the women are crying, and his mother is clutching this child. What? What is happening? What? What's going on? Well, the child apparently had died. Nothing they can do. Bill thinks, well, I'm also a pastor. I need to say something. I need to do something. He takes a breath. He starts to walk under the little little door because they're all pygmies. And little Akimadu shoves him aside, runs in there, grabs the baby. And everybody's going, what? What is going on? He grabs that baby. He holds that baby up. And he says, God, you gave life to this child. Now you took life away. Now, God, you give life back and we'll give you the glory. Man, everybody is just like, whoa. And Bill is going, what is going on? And all of a sudden, fingers start moving, toes start moving, and that baby begins to cry. And Akimadu walks back and he hands that child to the mother. And everybody's going, whoa. The the chief comes to Bill and said, nobody, nobody has ever done anything like this. Our spirits can't do anything like this. You've you've got to tell us what your spirits are like. Please, tell us what your spirits are like. After something like that, that whole village was ready to listen to anything he had to say. Exactly. Well, Akimatu and Bill got together. They studied all that night. They talked all night that night with with the chief, in through the next day, and they raised up a church in that village. Amazing stuff. And I think about here was a young man who basically, I don't know, headhunter, whatever else, a really warring tribe, and God called him and he surrendered to God. A young man ready to cut off another student's head. You know, that's how bad he was, but God allowed the Holy Spirit to work in his life. And I think about this situation with each one of us. I can do it myself. I can do it myself. No, we can't. We can't do the things that God would desire to do in and through us. But Akimatu recognized who could. Yeah, who could do it? And it's God. And friends, I want to tell you, God can do things mighty and through you too. No matter what it is in your life, no matter what's burdening you, no matter like Hezekiah, lay it out before God. Choose God today. God will work mighty miracles in your life. Whatever your life's like, please do it today. There's a storm coming. That means any minute now my grandchildren will start appearing. The little ones first, but the older ones won't be far behind. All of them scrambling for the safety of grandma's lap. They know their grandmother isn't afraid of any storm. And soon one of them is bound to ask to hear it again. The story of the great storm. How God decided to rid his world of evil. How he decided to send the rain. And how he asked Grandpa Noah to build a boat. Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting country wisdom. See you next time.